0: Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and this is a high-energy show. This season, season three, we're talking all things team, collaboration, and how to take aligned action after the stillness work. Tune in for passionate conversations from trailblazers and innovators, my own personal coaching insights, and honestly, who knows? Because this show is where anything goes. It's unscripted and all for you. Welcome back to the Dare to Move podcast. Today we have Sunny abata whom I'm very excited to share with you guys. She and I are very similar. Uh, you guys know I'm obsessed with astrology. She brings up her sign a ton. And what's so interesting is the further I've gone down the rabbit hole on my astrology, the more I've learned about, you know, more than just my sun sign, which is Sagittarius. I've learned that I'm a Libra rising and lo and behold, she is a Libra, which is super cool. So Sunny was a news anchor for 15 years, a TV news anchor, and she jokes uh, on her podcast page. She's an overall all around oversharer. Uh, she loves serious conversation. She loves depth. She loves learning things. She's incredibly curious, and her podcast is covers everything from the best beauty products to health talk to quick tips and more. She Claims it is a very safe spot to dig into it all. And I've learned about her show, We Gotta Talk, and how each week they choose a theme that they dive deep into. And the way she approaches her podcast is super unique to her background. And you can tell she's just a total veteran. Like she's got it. (laughs) And she started podcasting back at the end of 2017 so she's been in the podcasting space for a while and it was really beautiful for me to get to talk to her about her perspectives in the space and also on motherhood because i was 30 almost 39 weeks pregnant when we recorded so that was clearly on my mind and i'm just really grateful that we were connected and That you guys have another really cool place to check out as far as podcasts go. Um, Her audience uh, is full of curious people just like you guys. And um, as a mom of three, she has a lot of experience that I don't have yet. So she's got a different lens that she's looking at things through. Um, and I just, I really encourage you guys to go check out her show, We Gotta Talk. So it's just, it was such a neat conversation for me to have, and I hope it inspires you guys to listen to your intuition, to take the leap before you have the perfect plan. That's been a theme that has come up this year so often, and um, I do point this out in the interview, but uh, just for fun, see if you, t- if you catch it right off the bat, um, her anchor voice. <laughs> sure that's what she called it, her anchor voice she has a voice that is well seasoned and incredible and people have said that to me before oh you have a voice for radio or whatever but hers is next level I just adore it and I adore her and I'm so grateful we got to have Sunny on the show you can connect with her in the show notes we've got her Instagram handle and her podcast website so you can connect um, with her in all the ways her Instagram is super real and authentic and fun and it provides all sorts of insights so Go give her a follow, enjoy today's conversation, and uh, when you're listening to this, I am happily nesting with my little newborn, (laughs) so uh, you can check out ways to connect with me as I'm sort of in a a hybrid uh, maternity leave uh, in the show notes as well. All right, without further ado, I introduced Sunny Abada. Sunny, welcome to the show. Hey Gary, thanks for having me. I'm so glad we could do this. You're calling in from Florida? Yeah, I'm in Orlando right now. Sunny Orlando. <laughs> Beautiful. That was
1: not supposed to be like a play on the name. <laughs> it is just really <laughs> bright and sunny out here right now. <laughs>
0: well, I I appreciate that energy because it's very uh dark and gray here in New England, so I'm channeling that energy which is much nicer <laughs> than, yes, than nice. where I am. Uh and today we're going to start with a quote that's very obscure. It was sort of a part of a paragraph in a caption that you wrote in October. It sort of found me when I was going through your feed and um, it's about getting still So um, and about energy. So I'm gonna read that and then I would just love your take on it and, and what it means to you even today since that was back in October. Um, the quote is, uh, when energy has no place to go or when it's constrained or otherwise unprocessed it can literally explode from you. Uh, and you had shared that when you were like you know my technology's going haywire and i need to get still so i just thought that was really powerful oh my gosh
1: you said that and it like literally brought me back to the time when all of that was happening so october of 2020 which i think we had all had our fill of pandemic life by then i have three kids who were just transitioning to in person school my mom was going through some really intense health struggles. And I had just relaunched my podcast and brand. And as you know, so they had been in existence for years, like three and a half years or something. And I said, well, you know, and now's the perfect time. I don't know why to rebrand. And so I was doing all these shoots and doing some technological work. And here it was insane. Like we would do a shoot and my photographer would lose the memory card. I did a second shoot with a different photographer and she's like, your picture's just erased from my camera and this has never happened. I was dropping screens and breaking things. And I finally, um, I actually dedicated like a whole week of content to this. So we, I talked with a medium, I talked with um, an astrologer and people who understand energy. And the answer I kept getting back from these people who have that intuitive side was, first of all, those things weren't meant to be in the universe. So sometimes we get, I always say God whispers and then he screams like that just wasn't meant to be, let it go. And and one, the, the medium that I spoke with said, sometimes the, it, when you have energy trapped in you and you have a lot of conflict right now and you have a lot of change, it's like literally exploding out of you. Like you need to find time to be still, and you need to find time to release that in a productive way, because you'll continue to be for lack of a better term, kind of destructive to the things around you if you don't learn how to care for what's inside. So it was a real wake up call for me. And I mean, I, I tried my best after that to kind of realign things, but it was everything around me was exploding. And I kept saying, what am I doing wrong? And they were like, the only wrong thing you're doing is like not taking a beat, take a minute. So mm-hmm. that's where that that's where that came from. My gosh, as soon as you read that, I was like, <gasps> my heart started beating." Yes, it was a crazy time. It was a really crazy year as I'm sure it was for most yeah.
0: people. I'm so glad that that was sort of what came into my space before we sat down because it summarizes so much of what we focused on on this podcast and how important it really is to get out of that fight or flight which is so easy to jump into when you've got kids and you've got a job and you've got all these different um things that you're working through and i'm sure you get this question a lot but um you know how do you do it all how do you maneuver through that and it sounds like you had a point where it was like a breaking (laughs) a breaking of, of points where you had to process that so before we kind of um i want to come back to this before we go away from it um, was there anything specifically in, uh, in around October that you did to get still that you found to be the most helpful? Um, I began to take a little, as much
1: time as I could away from what I'm doing work-wise, which thankfully when you're running your own ship is a little easier to do. I connected more with relationships that like gave me something back. Um, I mentioned that my mom is having some really bad health struggles. I have a sister here who we were kind of like teamworking, the care, caregiving for her. And it was really strange because it will always be one of the worst periods of my life, what we went through, but the shining light. And that was my connection with her and we're close, but we reached a new depth of our relationship going through that shared trauma. So it's really weird, but I leaned on her because of that and kind of other things too, we were just around each other so much that I just really leaned into the relationships that I was getting a lot from. And then, you know, I'm not a, a meditator per se, but I also learned to just sit. I like sit in my closet and I just for five minutes. And it's not, I'm act, not saying anything. It's not a meditation or a mantra. It's just like quiet unplugging. So those are the things that I think I started to do that
0: kind of brought mm-hmm. me back down to earth. Yeah. It's super helpful because for people who aren't comfortable meditating or they're like, ah, I don't want to do that. I don't think I can. Uh, there's so much power in quiet stillness, like you said, yes. and that could be really approachable for someone listening right now. Yeah, I think that was my entry
1: point. And you know, we'll see if it ever evolves into anything else. I'm a person who also is spiritual and praise and I have a real intuitive connection to people and things around me. Like I understand things innately very quickly and Sometimes I feel like I pick up on energies that I don't need to be when I'm going through the course of my day when someone mm. is in a negative movement. So I I have to just, um, I'm always a little on overdrive in that way. So that practice has just helped me clear space for just me. And, wow. you know, and maybe it'll just stay that. I really like it, to be <laughs> honest. And I like that it's not prayer. You know, I have a separate thing and my faith in a different way, but this serves me in a really unique way that's not associated in any way with traditional religion or spirituality. And I love that.
0: Yeah. It's sort of, uh, I don't know why I'm getting the analogy of, you know, we could do yoga or we could do strength training and they're totally different and they're both serving. And, uh, I, I, I love that we've already kind of jumped off on, uh, intuition and I want to circle back to that, but before I do The question I ask everybody is just, who are you as a human, uh, before your titles, before the jobs, all the things. Just who is Sunny? I am. I'm a very I'm a naturally
1: curious person. I am an observer. I'm a listener. I am overly sensitive sometimes, like to a fault, um, where I get hurt by things that I probably shouldn't. Yeah. Those are the qualities that most define me. And and, I mean, I'm also like you said, a mom and being a mother has opened up my personality and shown me areas of strength that I didn't have before. I'm also pretty relentless. So, you know, I I, I had to find new ways to manage my energy. So I could get through like the long nights of motherhood, you know, pretty not easily. It was not easy at all, but like, I I know how to put my head down and work is what I'm trying to say. So I'm a worker too. So I kind of, you know, those are my like basic things that I guess I am, but in each facet of motherhood or professional life, you know, different characteristics are pulled out at different times, but I'd say baseline, like that's who I am. It's funny because I think we all are who we are essentially when we were kids through, I, I mean, I'm just such a believer in that, right? Like I say these things and I'm like, all I'm seeing is like my, my six-year-old self. Like I sat in the adult room and listened to conversations as a kid. It was just weird, yeah. like kind of weird. You know, I like to understand things. I have to analyze things. I have to hear it out 10 times before I'm like a true Libra. Give me all the arguments, give me all the sides of a conversation so that I can circle it about 10. 10,000 times and then I will land where I land. So I'm really, I just feel like my mind is always working. That's probably the best way to describe it.
0: I love that. It's funny. I'm a Libra rising, so I could pick up on that. And then if the listeners, uh, maybe for some reason skipped the intro, uh, they may know by just this sound and intonation, uh, of your voice that you have uh, exercised your curiosity in journalism. As you've been speaking, I can hear the journalistic quality of your voice. Uh, so, talk to us about how curiosity played into that part of your career. Oh my gosh, it was like the perfect fit.
1: And by the way, people always joke about my anchor voice. We'll yes. I have a couple of drinks like, do your anchor voice. They're like, my anchor voice. It's my voice. It's just not me like laughing and being silly. Um, yeah, I worked. So I worked for 15 years in, in TV news and I dabbled in sports and weather kind of early on, but mostly was in news. And that job really played into who I am as a person. I think there are few lucky people in the world who were fortunate enough to land on their true calling of a job at the first crack of the bat. And I did, Mm. and I'm grateful for that because I didn't, I just, it's not, I didn't even always want to be a news anchor. I was a writer. I was a, like I said, just a curious person that I happened to land on TV journalism because it was, it just was what I got internships in. It's what I got job offers in. And then I just wrote it and I was like, this is perfect. So, yeah, I spent 15 years doing um, local news. Um, And I was most recently the main anchor here at the Fox affiliate in Orlando, but I left that job about four and a half years ago for a myriad of reasons we can get into. But, mm. um, It's was such an awesome job because it, it was my work every day to understand things Mm. and to ask questions about things. So now that I've, I've gone from that and I'm in the, like, I I'm in this space in the digital space of my, my talk show and my podcast, I just, it's like, um, I take, it's like taking all the best things of that job Mm. and just sliding them right over to a better schedule and a better, so it's just, it's really cool. Um, and and that's what I you know I'm just so grateful that we can do this we can connect on Zoom and I can satiate that desire I have to just yeah. like ask all the questions still.
0: Absolutely, you know I studied journalism in college and I had been I think in like fifth grade I had to write a report on Jane Polly so I always assumed yeah. like that's what I'm gonna do. Yes, I, oh my God, I interned a Dateline. And oh, met the whole Dateline crew. Speaking wow. <laughs> yeah. it's
1: yeah, it cool. I,
0: I wish I had, um, I mean, everything works out as it should, which I'm sure we'll get into in your story. Um, but the professors I had just sort of painted uh, that like it was a dying industry. And so, you know, I didn't end up going that route, uh, but I can imagine the lifestyle of getting up so early also helped you with motherhood. And it, it probably does feel like a breeze because to be doing it this way of podcasting and the way we can use social media, because mm-hmm. the people will ask me like, how, how do you crank out two podcasts a week? How do you do? I'm like, well, because it's just in my nature. Like, this is yeah. what I, what I it's do. True. So when you had these gut feeling, like, talk to us about the shift out of this kind of peak in your career. Um, and, and did you know, not only, okay, I need to leave this, but did you have the plan for the next step or did you take the leap before. I took the leap
1: before for sure. I had had a nagging feeling for a long time that it was time for me to go, but it didn't feel right for a slew of outside reasons because number one, I was still really young for the industry. I was in my early thirties. Like that's a little too young to walk away from something. I had the the best job and schedule I could imagine. I mean, it's never technically a nine to five in TV news, but when you have a night shift, which I did, it's actually nice and easy and not easy, but you know, it's easier than getting up at three in the morning. So I had a great shift, I had amazing coworkers. Um, so it didn't make sense on the outside, but inside I was exhausted and my relationships were in a really bad spot. I had no friends because mm-hmm. I was, you know, it, whatever, 2 p.m. to about 11.30 p.m. when I was working, it's when people live their social lives. yeah. their friends. I wasn't seeing my husband. Um, at the time, my parents were living out of town. I didn't see them. It was just like, oh. So, um, you know, I always preface this conversation by saying I'm fortunate I was able to walk away. I feel like you, we have to acknowledge our my, my privilege in having a spouse who had a job that I was able to walk away. But the truth is, if I didn't walk away, I wasn't going to stay married. I wasn't gonna mm-hmm. stay a happy mom. I wasn't gonna st- ever make friends. So, you know, it, it wasn't like all of those came to a head at once. But I had been getting internal clues for a while, like, ah, oh, you know, it doesn't really feel right that you're missing Christmas again this year, Sonny. But like, and then I'd be like, well, what do I do? It's my job. And then I would get something else would happen. You know, it doesn't really feel right that you have to rush home and get your kid to bed and. 45 minutes and like barely acknowledge your husband. It just, it just kept not feeling right in little increments, little mm-hmm. do-do-do-do. And it never, it never, like I said, all came to a head at once. But I had a period where my marriage wasn't great. I had a period where I was really sad about not having friends down here. It's so as the years went on, I would say this is probably about maybe two years before I actually left that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um I would just sit with it every day. I'd go to work and I would get this. I would, I remember calling my mom on my way back to work for the 10 PM news. So we get a dinner break in TV news. If you work a night shift instead of a okay. lunch break. So we would do the five and 6 PM news, shoot a couple of promos, run out, do a dinner break. And for me, that was putting the kids to bed, grabbing a bite and going back to work. And I remember calling her every single night at nine o'clock or eight 30 when I was riding back and saying, mom, I'm so sad. I just like, I don't, like my gut." My literal physical gut was like Mm. churning. Like I'm, and I said, I just don't feel like I should be doing this. And it took me that long, the Libra in me again, to weigh all of the pluses and minuses to come to the conclusion that I need to start listening to that. And so I did. And yeah, I had no plan per se, but I've always, like I said, I've always been a writer, and um, so I just transitioned all the stuff that I was writing for my, you know, station Facebook page at the time, and just threw it on a blog. And then the blog became the podcast, and podcast. Now I do like a little digital talk show. So, I mean, no plan just to follow my gut. That was the only mm. plan ever. And I had to, because if if we, I, I, and I tell people this all the time, like that's all we have. That's the only barometer we're given that is our, that is always right. So we need to lean into that. And as women, we're taught to don't be overly emotional. Like, let's look at this practically, which yes. Okay. Of course but it's never, it's never been wrong. My gut has never been wrong (laughs) in anything. Like I'm thinking back on like old boyfriends that were total crap that I like I knew I'm like, funny, Mm -hmm. why did you, or I'm like, it was always right. So why don't Mm -hmm. I eliminate the stress of doubting that and start to trust it earlier? Mm -hmm. So I think that was the big lesson in leaving is is relearning how to connect with that and trusting it.
0: Yeah. When you were describing, like going back to to driving back to work and that feeling in your stomach i'm like oh i remember moments i've had and i'm sure listeners do as well because it's awful and you're you're sort of like analyzing your life at the same time like why am i complaining about this like i'm not traumatically ill or i'm help you know you're trying to like justify that like it is fine even though your guts saying it's not so the one thing that I realized is on this podcast, we focus so much on taking the leap and how did you know, and how did you trust your intuition? And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I've ever asked anybody what happened immediately next, because you hit on motherhood uh, and wanting, you know, to be more present with your kids. You hit on your marriage. You also hit on friends. And then also the fact that you knew you had the skills and talents to do whatever would come up naturally was there any one thing that you sort of focused on first, like after you left?
1: No, just like it was like the biggest exhale. It was like,
0: oh, mm. it was
1: no, I just was with my kids. I got unexpectedly pregnant with our third. So oh. I ended up leaving, you know, I was, oh gosh, I have to do some quick math here, maybe like a month or, you know, just barely two months pregnant with our third, who was a total surprise. So I was ready in every way to relax. And the first thing I did was just like, just be with them, just enjoy the day with the kids. I made dinner. I, that's it. I just like re, kind of went back into my shell and I needed to do some, like a little bit of healing, you know, and, and, you know, as, as we discuss this, it like brings up so many like things to mind, you know, there are times in life when I do believe that we need to put our heads down and, and get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have been in survival mode in, in many instances in my life, maybe not, um, in every regard, you know, financially speaking, but I have had to salvage a lot of important things in life, health situations, relationships. And I know what it's like to just have to put your head down and do the work. So, you know, yes, it's important to know when to leap. It's also important to know that like, sometimes you gotta slog through. And I think, again, leaning on your intuition for when that balance of, okay, it's too much work now and I need to flip. That's like the key, you know? And so um yeah, it's just I think it's wonderful that we're all gifted with that at birth. We We are and if you do take time to be still and do all these wonderful things that I know your podcast talks about all the time, the beauty is that only grows. that power only grows. So mm-hmm. you know, if you take if you cater to it and you water that little plant, it'll grow and you'll learn to rely on it and it'll be more of a sh- finely tuned machine. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's what that's what
0: Beautiful. I think yeah. That's incredible. And when it came time to sort of get your, create, I mean, truly just create from nothing. Um, I'm sure it didn't feel like nothing because you had been grinding at a intense job for a long time, but to really own your own content, what did that feel like? And where did you start? Did you start with, uh, things that were familiar to you industry-wise or topic-wise, or did you just kind of start completely fresh?
1: I really started with all the motherhood stuff because that was a very intense and beautiful, crazy experience. So a lot of my writing in the early days, like right after I left, on my blog and on my social channels, was really heavy on motherhood stuff. You know, yeah. um, it's such a like oh, I could talk about motherhood all day. I like didn't even know that I wanted kids. I was like, oh, I wow. sure I want. I mean, I want kids, but and now I'm like, oh my god, it's just like the whole concept. I don't want to like freak you out too much. I'm <laughs> so like right there. Yes. No, no, no. It's beautiful and wonderful and transformative and for all parties involved. So I would really dig in, you know, probably in a very ineloquent way because I'm, you know, just blogging about it, but to the complexities and the challenges and the beauty of motherhood. And I just, all my blog is just populated back in, you know, whatever it was 2016, 2017, even 2018 um, with just like thoughts on motherhood. I, you know, the, the postpartum period and um, like the crazy birth stories that were like the most. Now that I look back, like my most like Shira moments of my life. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just there are. It's just such an intense, beautiful. It's like a boot camp for your soul. You change, mm-hmm. you bring a new human into the world. You're. It's just like whoa. So I would write all about that, and it was came really easily because that was my life. Mm-hmm. It still is my life. It's just not as intense because as they get a little older and more self sufficient, you're not feeding them from your bodies and getting up 10 times a night, you know? So, um, so yeah, you know, I don't want to get like, I don't want to like freak you out at all. So I'm going to stop on the newborn <laughs> stuff. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. You're going to love, you're going to love it. And it's Ugh. also really hard, but that that's life, right? It's beautiful and it's hard.
0: Yeah. I am relating so deeply because so many things have sort of come to a a, a close, at least for now, as I'm about to give birth. And I've also had a couple new potential projects come into my field. And I'm like, wow, like I'm turning a new page. I'm bringing a new life in. So I'm really feeling that. And the question that comes to mind is, because I've heard other women talk about this, when you're supporting human life uh, or helping, you know, kids just get through the day and get to school on time and make sure they're fed and all of that, um, your time becomes so critical. And Um, there's things you're passionate about, like writing, there's things that could bring in money for your family. And then there's also your role as a mom. So did you have any way of discerning? Okay. I'd rather spend time over here and get a nanny for this or, um, have my neighbor watch my kids so I can do that. Like, how did you use that discernment or find that? I found that if it wasn't
1: like a near immediate yes, then I would try to say no. I've not always been successful at at doing that. You know, not that I have this abundance of projects constantly trickling in, but there's always been a decent amount of opportunity in the freelance world and with hosting and stuff. And um, I always regret when I take a job that I initially was like, Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really working on that. I'm working on projects now that I, if they're not directly related to my talk show or podcast that I... Have to run through that filter. And I, again, it's a heavily relies on just the intuition and the knowledge that I have that it takes for how much work that project is going to require. I ask for the money I think I deserve is my first step. So practically mm-hmm. speaking, if you're considering whether it's worth your time, money should be. The, one of the leading factors in the, it because your time is your money and it's more precious after especially after you have children. So mm-hmm. I make sure that that's in place. If that's an option, then I go to number 2 which is, you know, do I feel like this aligns do, am I going to feel good about this? And if that's mm-hmm. a yes, then it's good. And if one of those is kind of like eh, then I'm like we're good because yeah. I got other things to keep me busy, you know.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So it's it's got to hit both of those, you know. Super helpful. And um so, from the blog, did the talk show come first? Did the podcast come first? And how did you feel um, going into that? Because uh, I want to say this podcast began at the end of 20. 20- 18 and December. So I'm like, okay, basically 2019. And it was still it still felt really new. Uh yet, you know, technically they've been around forever. And I was just kind of like, well, I'm kind of tired of blogging and this is my new way. I can network, etc. Um, so what was that that shift like for you, especially with your background? It was cool. I mean, it felt really freeing to be able to number one, cover
1: content that maybe in news I couldn't before, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because not not the news is dry per se, because a lot of those like politics still very fascinating to me and some current events are, but um, it felt good. Like I was just breaking out of a box, you know, I could talk about things. I could share my personal stuff because in journalism, if you're a good journalist, you should divorce Mm -hmm. your experience (laughs) for the most part, you know, from what you're covering. There are some things where I think it's appropriate to have some editorial comment or flair, but you know, um, for the most part, you're separating yourself so that you can be a strong, reliable source of information. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it felt really good to have that freedom. And, and same thing as you, like I, I started blogging in 2016, my podcast came about in 2017, end of the year, November as well. So late in the year. And I remember talking with someone and they're like, you know, just get on. You're used to talking for however long, just do it. So I did it and it started out. My podcast used to be called 30 Something. And then I was like, you know, I'm a little, and it was a very heavy on um, motherhood and what I would call second chapters, like reinventions, which still fascinate me. And so 30 something existed in its format for gosh, until September of last year. So two and a half, Mm. two and a half, almost three years. And then I decided to rebrand to my new name, which is we got to talk because number one, it's just like, that phrase is how I live my life. Like, if you know me, I, I like to talk things through. I don't like to avoid uncomfortable things. I like to understand. So I was like, oh, we got to talk. Like I'm saying it all the time to my friends. So when I rebranded, I felt really good moving into a space that was a little bigger than just motherhood and career inventions and things. So it's been really cool because on the new format, I pick a topic a week. We kind of run it like a little newsroom, like a digital newsroom. Oh, I work cool. with a producer. Yeah. That used to be my news producer. We pick a topic a week and just, we really dig in and like, for example, this week is rituals. And so there's like three posts on the blog and we come at the topic from different angles. Like what's a great, what's my ritual to relax at night? What is this expert's ritual for, um, you know, good physical health and fitness. And, you know, so we really, but we stick with one issue and we just really dive in and we get nitty gritty and we get micro and we say, okay, you know, here's what you can try this, you know, this is something of interest to you. And there's always an expert on the show and there's always experts on the blog. So it's kind of like a little, it's like a little newsroom, but like with fun topics. If that yeah. makes sense. And it's been so fun. I mean, I'm sure you feel this too. There's just a the sense of freedom that you have when you're in charge of your own platform, which mm-hmm. is great. So I just love helming that ship. I'm like this, I'm proud of what I'm putting out there because it's very journalistic in nature still. It's a lot of experts that come in. It's not me just getting on a microphone with my opinions, because while I love to do that once in a while, I kind of run out of things to talk about, you know? So anyway, it brings in the best of what my job was before too, which is Mm. interesting interviews and like nitty gritty. We did like a week on getting, get a better sex life. And like the stuff that came out was just like so fun. And it's like one of the most listened to episodes. We did a week on infidelity. We did a week on the weird health
0: trends you see on social media. So anyway, the point is, it's just super fun, as you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> it, it seems like it. And there's also just what I realize is there's no shortage of interesting people and topics and places to explore. Um, and you know, what was kind of attacking it like a newsroom—something you set off to do, or did it always start out that way, or did it start just as you, and then you kind of grew? Uh, what was that process like getting it off the ground?
1: It definitely started as just me and just randomly kind of picking things that interested me, which I think is, cool. was a great way to get rolling. And I think, you know, in this world, there are so many ways to, to yeah. get out of a podcast, right? Like some I listen to for comedic value only, some are you know, like the daily, it's like a news podcast. Mm -hmm. So I think the important thing for people who are wanting to get into it or like thinking about it, or even as a consumer to understand what you want to, to, what can you find that interests you that can sustain for a long time? Right. You know, and you've been at this for a long time too. So you get it and you find things and guests that interest you. So if there's always going to be something that makes you curious, then there's always something to cover. And so Mm -hmm. I like to, I don't, I didn't set out to kind of make this similar to our news thing, but I do think that's kind of the way my brain works. I like, I visualize, like I can, I don't know. It's just like, I see a calendar and I, I under, you know, I'm like visually understanding how the year is playing out. And it helps because when you're bringing in a bunch of experts, I almost want the user or listener to feel like it's organized in some way. So they know Mm -hmm. this week is about this and they know what, this is what they're getting. And that week is about that. So it helps me, and it helps, I guess, people
0: understand what they're getting. Yeah, it's um, there's also uh, before COVID, there was this trend of live shows and a lot of fun in-person events that were stemming from podcasts, which I found really interesting. And for a while, I was, you know, even vision boarding that is that something I want to do? Is that some place I want to go? And COVID, I think, kind of stopped that, but it also empowered a lot of people to start using their voice, and so while some may say it's a really crowded space there's also just way more options and then to throw you know another kind of variable in there's this thing called clubhouse so uh I with your person yeah with your perspective on like from the news and to now having been a podcaster for years and content creator and then clubhouse um i haven't asked this question with anybody because i i've had other podcast hosts on but we haven't they're not podcasting in the way that you are with your professional background, what is your take on, um, the, the future of podcasting, but also like how clubhouse plays into that. I like that clubhouse takes the visuals out of it.
1: I'm not a great, um, I know I said, I'm I'm a visual person as much as how I picture things in my mind, but I'm not an aesthetics gal, right? If you ask the person who works with me on social media, she's like, can you understand our color palette? I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. I can write captions all day, but I yeah. don't know how to make things look good. We laugh about it all the time. So, um, I like the clubhouse takes that out. I like that they're in general, that it's one more way for people to connect and express. Um, I don't like that. I have a new app to keep up with every. Blessed month. I'm like, oh my god, I couldn't get into TikTok yeah. quick enough. So I'm like, okay, I'm done with TikTok. I'm just gonna put that on the shelf. Yeah. Clubhouse is my jam, though. It's you hear people, you talk in real time. It's like the best of a conference without the heavy price and the yeah. bad catered food. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like I love it. So we're actually trying to work a little post show Clubhouse group.
0: Oh, cool. It's just
1: a live show, but it's hard because not everybody has it yet. So we're like. In the process of getting that going but i'm all for it i think you know it's i would i would like to think that people want content that's got a little more depth sometimes mm-hmm. and i think that's like a really great seems to be a really great app for that
0: yeah it's there's something about the real time tune mm-hmm. and now sort of thing and I'm, i've been thinking about it like okay well maybe when i do my solo cast i could just throw that on clubhouse the, mm-hmm. you know, the value of having a podcast is it's like evergreen. It's like always there. Like, it's like, it's, I don't know. And it's like trails back further. Mm-hmm. So it's really an interesting um space to be in. And uh, I'm wondering if you have any, like, like, not everyone does this, but like five year vision, 10 year vision. We talk a lot about vision boarding and manifesting on this podcast. So any way that you specifically manifest vision board or any visions you hold for yourself and your, and your show, we got to talk. Oh gosh. I have to think this through. I do, but they're
1: like almost embarrassing. I don't know. (laughs) I don't mean, well, I mean, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Maybe I should just get out with it and say it already. Yeah. No, I envision, um, our brand growing as I always call it a global conversation platform. It's not about Sunny. It's not Sunny, Sunny, Sunny's cake and Sunny. That's just, it's a coming together of people with who want to learn, who want to mm. BS, who want to gossip, right? So I envision we got to talk as being a, a, a media network where we represent really cool podcasts and we put out content that makes you a little bit better, a little more entertained, a little more informed. And I would love, I mean, gosh, I would love to... Um, you know, bring people together in a real live person format when, when this pandemic is over and connect with amazing women who want to know about different topics. You know, I, I brainstormed this a little bit with some of the people that I'm working with, but I see a future for, we got to talk in continuing to connect people with like good information with a twist, you know um, I'm not the gal you're going to come to. If you want to just put your pants laughing, I'm not the person you're going to come to. If you want a daily rundown of news because while some of our stuff is kind of topical at times it's not necessarily news pod- a news podcast it's a it's a show where people connect and get better and where they mm-hmm. just where you can come and be curious like let's be let's be uncomfortable we you know
0: mm-hmm. it does
1: it's not even just like happy um topics you know we did a whole week on racism and we did a whole week on understanding privilege and you know so it's the the, the listener is someone who just like me is curious and just kind of wants to know and do a little better and have fun while they're doing it.
0: Hmm. I love that. It's such a positive potential of what uh, social media and podcasting and the way the world has changed. I remember a class in school was talking about the dangers of the news of you, right? The dangers of Opening up your phone and just seeing the people you've opted into or the news channels that are biased and, you know, bringing it back to the importance of unbiased journalism, which is is mm-hmm. an important lesson, but at the same time, um, you can really chase your passions and grow into your most authentic self. It sounds like with the, what you aspire to continue to build versus just saying, this is how it should be. And this is like, I'm not going to tell you what to think, but here's the topic. And, uh, so I think it's really uh, a beautiful, positive thing, contrary to my
1: professor. Um,
0: (laughs) but I don't know about this professor of yours. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have studied journalism there. Um, (laughs) but I'm wondering, uh, what it's like for you to hold visions, like we just talked about and be a mom and how you talk to your kids about work, because at some point there's a time where you're like, okay, so, you know, you're going to go do this and I'm going to come over here and mm-hmm. there's trade-offs. And I think that, I think my mom was in fight or flight because she was a single mom and she was just like, so-and-so is driving you to gymnastics because I got to and, and you just kind of like, as the kid, you are just kind of like, okay, Uh, so do you, how do you broach the subject with your kids? So, oh gosh, I will say I was raised by a
1: mom who worked full-time most of my life. So I've always, um, seen and respected the, uh, the multi-track way, you know, like it kind of, it's, it's dangerous because it made me think I could do it all and we can't (laughs) not all at once. Right. But it was great because it innately gives you a sense of, um, freedom and forgiveness to yourself when you want to work as a mom. I know mom guilt is a big topic and I've, I've certainly felt it at times, but I really don't feel mom guilt because you know what? I, I, I talked to them like little adults. I'm like, this is like, I'm going to go in the office. They need a couple of hours. Mommy's going to go interview someone. Well, why do you need to? Because I really like it. And I think it's important to get good information out to people. And you know, it's something that I do and I really, I'm really passionate about it. Or when I was working full time, where are you going? Well, I have to go into the office. I'm going to be here. You know? So, I don't feel guilty about that. I should say there are other things that I feel guilty about. I think when we talk to our children and we show up who we are in age appropriate language, it gives them the freedom to, to Mm. be who they are too. I don't ever want my daughters feeling guilty for wanting to be a career person, nor do I want them to feel guilty. If after they get married, they want to be a, a homemaker or like a care provider, like that's great. Um, I want them to feel empowered And they do so by watching me feel empowered in a practical way. So it's like, Mm okay, I'm going to go like even today, you know, I have our sitter here. I've had our sitter with us. She was our full-time nanny when I was working. And now she's still with us a few days a week. I empower women to say, help is okay. You're the martyr done. We're done with that. Like You're Mm -hmm. not a better mom than me because you do everything all at once. And I'm not a better mom than you because I work in addition to parenting. Mm -hmm. It's all good. We do how we feel is right for our family. So ask for your help when you need it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm happy to say I would rather not shop. I'm like not a big shopper, like clothing and stuff wise. And put that money towards sitter a few times a week, which we do. And I'm like, I tell my husband, I'm like, listen, I could be be addicted to shopping, but you don't want to spend that money on my mental health. I'm going to bring in the sitter so that I can go to the grocery store alone. Mm -hmm. So I can work and try to get my business going. So I always say, you know, I explain it to my kids for what it is, which is, hey, I love this and I hope you guys find something you really love one day too. And then asking for help when I need it. And there's no shame in that. There's, hmm. there's you no know, um embarrassment of bringing in outside help when you need it because these days we're all so stressed. We need help.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with what you just shared, I'm exhaling because uh, we talk a lot about values on this podcast and how when we're in our values, we can be more sovereign. And the everything about what you just said is very sovereign. It's like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I care about. This is making the world a better place. And you explain it to them like they're little adults. I think that's beautiful. Um, the one question I have, uh, because it's, you know, we seem very similar the more I'm learning about you, is uh, my fiance reminds me all the time. He's like, you know, you chose one of the hardest industries because re- I wrote a book and it's like, like being an author and a podcaster is, I mean, to make money, one of the hardest, most competitive places. So don't get down on yourself. But at the same time, let's just say that in the future, it's a question of, do I pay for a sitter or do I go, it's a podcast that's not technically making money at the at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know not directly right i don't have sponsors that are paying me directly you who who knows what clients business opportunities always come in but um does your husband ever see it in that sort of a way or have you guys had those types of conversations yeah he always jokes to me he's like he can start making money any day now i'm like dude I yeah.
1: made I made fifty dollars today yeah <laughs> i do i am thankfully nothing would at the point where I finally am partnering with people but here's what I'll say about that and this is kind of practical advice for someone in this space what's been able to support the podcast financially is all the work that I put in with the blog and having great great content lives forever online. So yeah. if I do a good review on a product that pops up time and time again, a company reaches out and they say, hey, your pot your review keeps coming up and mm-hmm. let you know, and then you make relationships. So I've been really strategic in the way that I write only about things that I care about. And then they end up being opportunities, not all the time sometimes, but to work together in a financial capacity down yeah. the line. So no, number one For anyone starting a business and you're just not going to make a lot of money right off the bat. And (laughs) I have had money saved that I dig into and um, it's money I used to pay my TV agent, which is laughable because it's like, oh my gosh, this money has been sitting now for whatever. It's not that much, but I draw on it and whatever I take, it was already sitting there anyway. You know, Mm -hmm. it was in a separate account because, you know, when you pay people, it's like, whatever, this is boring. But I had it automatically (laughs) separated when I was working because it was easier that way. So, um, yeah, you don't make a ton of money. You don't make money right away. When you do start making money, it's not a ton of money, but when you do finally start to get some traction, it feels all that much better because you mm-hmm. work for it. So you're right. Like this is competitive and I am down on myself every day. I'm like, why I work so hard. Like I believe so much in what I'm putting out. And yet mm-hmm. it's like a drop like a slow drop of progress. I want someone to open yeah. the damn faucet. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I come back. I love it. I'll, I would do it anyway, but I do think perseverance and conti- when you continue to put good quality mm-hmm. things out there, you do end up aligning with companies or groups that can support you financially. You can work together. I do think it's really hard. It's really competitive and it's really difficult to put your blinders on, but you, you yeah. do the best to say, okay, this is I wish I was funnier. Or I wish I was like better on Instagram. This is who I am. This is how I show up in the world. And I need to just put my little blinders on, embrace who I am and my gifts and just stay the course. Mm. I just really believe in that. It's hard, but I believe in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is really hard because, you know, I was upstairs um, a couple hours ago talking to my fiance, which is so nice that he's home because of the way the world shifted.
1: And he's mm-hmm. like, so who are you
0: talking to today? And I pause and I'm like, how interesting that I'm going to be like, I'm talking to this podcaster, former news anchor, and then I'm talking to a business shaman. And, you know, that's my life and yes. how exciting, although, uh, it's also challenging. And if I stay in that excitement, that's a different energy to work from than pulling up Instagram and being like, Oh, all these other podcasters are doing, yes. it, you know,
1: so and why not,
0: yeah. you right. You know, yeah. it, you need to, and, and maybe you stop and reflect and say, look at me. I'm,
1: look how, look how strong I am. I'm strong enough to know what I like and what makes me happy and do it. And even mm. though it's not, it's not showing up exactly how I want it to right now. Like, good on you. You should take a minute and, and feel badass about that because <laughs> yeah. most people would find a passion or lots of people, not most people, you know, lots of people have a passion and they're like, oh, but if I talk about doing this in real life, people will think I'm stupid. No, yeah. you, you know, you're doing it. And huh. I don't know much about alignment or I'm just learning about like manifestation and like bringing, certain energies into our lives. But I do think when you're working in alignment, Mm -hmm. that good things
0: come. I I genuinely believe that. Yeah. I feel like what you've shared so far about your journey and what I know about it, that it is, it is really happening for you. And I can relate to the moment when you were actually brought up the closet earlier and that's where you find your quiet. I'm like, sometimes I feel like when I'm podcasting, like if it's a solo cast, that I'm like, is anyone out there? Can they hear me? Uh, but it's still, you know, it's still fun, and it's still engaging. And I'm sure that you've had many moments That have been super magical by just one step after the next, finding something that excites you um, or piques your curiosity. And this is going to be a tough question because it's like, who's your favorite kid? But do you have any episodes or any moments from um, what was 30 something to now uh, we got to talk that have really stood out to you or changed your perspective um, or something that the listeners would like could go an episode that you would point them to?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so much. I did an episode with a friend of mine who's a rapid transformational therapist and a wellness coach named Shannon Mm. Wendell. And we had her on probably about a year ago at this time. And we talked about um, being an empath in the world and how to survive as an empath. Mm. Um, which is interesting to me because I feel like we're all a little overly sensitized this year. and We're having big feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. I did an interview. I love this woman. Her name is L.R. Nost. K-N-O-S-T. You need to look up her writing, especially now that you're about to have a baby. She's like, um, she has been dubbed like a gentle parenting guru and her words are like pure poetry. And Mm. she came on my podcast maybe a year and a half ago now. And she's going through some health battles and um, was kind enough to come in studio pre-pandemic. And we did this great talk about um, motherhood and like the bigness of motherhood and like all the things she's gone through since being a young mom. And it was the only podcast at the time interview that she's ever done. And she's just such a beautiful, beautiful writer that it was an honor for me to meet her and chat with her. So that was like back in the 30 something days. Um, Oh gosh. I mean, and then it's like so hard. I can't. I know. Oh, you know, was another fun one. Um, this girl that's become kind of like a digital friend of mine, Jenna Lee, she used to host a show, uh, a news program, not like an um, opinion show late at mm-hmm. night, but a news program on Fox News. And she's gone on to found this company called Smarter News, which is cool. a truly unbiased sort of daily digital news operation. I love talking to her because I'm like, oh, I just like what you're doing is so great. So that was in the, we gotta talk days. And yeah, I mean, we do fun stuff. Like we did a live staging and, oh. you know, that was fun. I had a medium on the show and it was really funny. And she connected with like one of the people that was watching live and like hit right on with, Whoa. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. She's like, uh, she called out the woman's name. She's like, Diane, I feel that blah, blah, blah. And Diane was like, oh my God, my friend just died. And that was her this or, So that was pretty rad. I'm like really into that kind of stuff. So that was fun. Um, But Oh my gosh, that's the, cool. like, I really feel like I learned something every, every time. Like I did a live workout yesterday with this fitness girl on my show. And I learned, you know, a great smoothie recipe, which I'm drinking now and (laughs) a great workout. Like I'm always, it's kind of selfish because I'm always like learning something cool. So I'm like, Oh, the the bottom line is there has to be a good takeaway when people are listening. I want it to be worth their time.
0: So I'm like, yeah. So I'm learning with you Yeah. It's a, uh, it, when you were earlier, you were saying, you know, sometimes it's like, we're just our child self. I, uh, yeah. I was thinking like, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I did like a little teach me page in high school. Like <laughs> it's I, I so uh, relate to what you're saying. It's like, I want, if I'm in the zone and I'm experiencing something, which sounds like you are, to in your work as well like somebody's going to take something out of this because how could you not this is so exciting i love highlighting other people um like yourself and i know you put out i was again i was kind of deep in your uh instagram today and there's just so many beautiful um entry points for people to access like you said whatever they want to learn about and not just for, like I would be seeing like, what did you write? What did you write? And then you'd be like, and then the expert, you know, so-and-so said. So there's just such, it's such a great place for people to come. Um, I just admire your page so much. And obviously I'll put that in the show notes, but I'm wondering if you have any inspiration um, or any podcasters or like news anchors that you've looked up to. Um, Because I find myself when I tune into the podcast, I tune into it's uh, like listening two ways, right? I'm listening to the content and the expert, but I'm also kind of listening to the host and how do they kind of hang out over here a little bit and what, where do they, you know, maneuver? So anybody that inspires you journalistically or in the podcast world?
1: I mean, obviously this is so trite to say, but Oprah is a genius of storytelling (laughs) and she really brought out in everybody. Like she was the first person that started telling the everyman story, right? You didn't have to be a celebrity to be on Mm -hmm. her show and have an impact and love like you said about entry points into like topics or big issues, like she was a host. She is a host who gives you an entry point. Like sometimes I listen to people you know, it, it just doesn't feel as I don't know connected or but mm-hmm. but I think I'm drawn to people who are when I consume podcasts, it's interesting because I because I'm so heavily in like the information and research kind of space, like all my blog posts are very like outward facing. I always joke like I'm not the blogger you're gonna come to if you wanna like get my kids' favorite cookie recipe or mm. you know, my favorite kitchen must haves, right? I'm very outward focused. And that's like, that's my Scorpio rising, by the way. Mm. My, my, my (laughs) like you like to protect yourself. I'm like, I do. I I do. It is. Well, and I have this whole thing about like, I don't want to put my kids online too much because they're going to hate me one day if I put them on. So I try to really like be outward focused. But anyway, when I listen to podcasts, I really am drawn to like comedians or single show hosts who I can just unplug because I'm so heavy in the space of information that I just want to laugh with. So I love like um, the absolutely not podcast with Heather. Yes. I was just going to ask you (gasps) my favorite, favorite, favorite. (laughs) Um, what else do I like? Oh, I love the Jillian Michaels podcast because like they have a little bit of an informational perspective, but there's always like a fun little thing in the beginning. Um, but yeah, things that I feel that I can kind of just unplug and have a giggle um but yeah professionally i am definitely always looking to like you know the greats like that and i i don't think there are too many people who do it as well as oprah or you know even like i love a good dr phil moment like people that have engaged audiences or engaged fan bases dr odds is my ugh, adore him but you you start to see that the people who are successful they have it's not about them right it's not like um let me tell you my, my favorite I'm Dr. Oz, and I'm here to tell you my, you know, my workout routine for the day. Um, we're all a little more interesting when we're like in, in it together, right? Mm -hmm. So the people that I look up to in the, in the information space are definitely those big ones who have a great warmth to their essence and to their being, but also prioritize, um, information, sharing, and like making us all a little bit better. So Mm. that's who
0: I really love. Just like, that's kind of like the most generic answer, isn't it? No, I've never had that answer before. And it's, it's giving me, and I'm, I'm hoping also, I'm sure the listeners just really good insight into what else to look for, because there's dimensionality to those people you mentioned that, Mm. you know, I'm not listening to their podcasts. Like occasionally someone will send me a super soul Sunday, but, um, I'm not tapped in. I did, I did watch uh, Dr. Phil growing up though. So I I'm familiar with yeah. him. I mean, he's he, a little like
1: salacious now, but you know, it's like, I don't know. It's cool to like, I just want to know other people's stories. Like celebrities are great, but I'm not, I'm yeah. not overly tuned into like pop culture. Like I don't want, I, yeah. I, it's great that people like Bravo. I think I, I probably would like, you know, housewives if I watch them and I have, but like, I don't know. It's just like when I, I don't know. It's just not what I'm drawn to. Right. I like a good, like I said, I like the good, like funny solo podcasters who make me giggle. And then, you know, the people who just like bring the good content and stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And, um, I can think of uh, tons of bad advice I've been given before, but I'm wondering if you can point to some of the best advice that you've Um, received career-wise. I mean, you have dimensionality as well with motherhood and and your current work and and where you've been in all these things. And I think um, we can talk about intuition, which we have, but there's also a level of, has anyone, I don't want to say course corrected you, but given you a, a moment of like pause, like, oh, wow, I need to heed that advice.
1: I Don't know if this was a lesson from my parents or something that I just. Oh, it was probably guess from my parents, but they were just like, "Don't lean on, don't lean on your outward appearance. Like, take Mm -hmm. care of yourself, do whatever you want to do, but like, you better be good in here. You better be smart in here. Like, Mm -hmm. I think for the type of work that we all do, kind of now to a degree on social media, um, my best advice. My best advice that I got was to be, to to show up as a complete person all the time, to not be afraid of your imperfections, to be open. And um, yeah, I'm just thinking back to this. When I started out in in TV, I was 19 and I was doing live sideline reporting for a minor league baseball team. And they had a sponsor for the show who was a pool maker and a hot tub maker. So they had a hot tub on the sideline of this like minor <laughs> league baseball field. Right. And it was like with the, you know, the company's advertisements on the side and they were like, and so I was doing this, the sideline reporting and whatever before, during and after the game. And I was really excited. It was my first live experience. I had my little earpiece in and, you know, I was good. I was like, I'm proud of myself. I'm like taking cues and tossing out the commercial, whatever. And the guy after the game, he's like, yeah, you did a good job. I really wanted to know, would you be willing to report from the hot tub next time? Just like wear a bikini and do it. And I was like, no, like, no. And I probably, I I laugh now. I'm like, why didn't I just exploit my looks ever? Like (laughs) I was young and in shape back then. I should have like ridden that train, but it felt dirty and gross. And I never wanted, and not the people who make the decision to do that are dirty and gross. But for me, I didn't want an old man sitting in seat F10 next to me, like looking at me when I was trying to be professional. So I think that's the best advice I ever received is like to lean on who you really are. And if who you are is you wanna like work it and be this like, you know, sexy thing. You wanna be on the cover of SI, great. that that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I, my parents were always like, just make sure you have something to back it up because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, you're gonna get older and all that's gonna go away. You need to be a complete person. So I think that's Mm -hmm. probably the best opportunity I never took Um, it probably would have sent my career into a different direction because, you know, that was in the sports world and they were always looking for like a young girl to report. And i was like, I'm good. And I never went back and worked. Like I finished out that season. They were like, well, she doesn't want to go in the hot tub. So we're not going to bring her back. So I'm like, you know what? Mm,
0: So be it. I'm good. Wow. What a powerful story, because there's something about the undertone too, that I'm sure you felt in that moment of like. Yeah, we could say that this is just a great opportunity, but we could also say that like I want to be seen as a professional and it doesn't feel like right they're going to see me that way. And um, You know you,
1: you yeah. already as a woman have to work overtime to prove you're intelligent. Like I've been mansplained to so much. Like even la- I'm a go- I'm even last week I was on a call for a work thing and I'm like, "Dude, I did I've done this for 20 years. Like I'm good. You don't <laughs> need to explain to me how a camera works." But I have oh. had to work so hard to prove my intelligence for so long that I was like, there's no fucking way. I'm gonna get in a bikini and make that journey harder that people think mm-hmm. that I'm like a bimbo now on I'm, t- I'm like, nope, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to like just do the job. But like I laughed now. I said to my friend, God, I should have just like, I should have slept my way to the top or something. <laughs> we laugh now, or I should have like done something saucy. And they're like, no, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did um did appearance ever play a what's the word? Like, were you ever challenged by seeing yourself on camera? I think that's a question that um, a lot of people have because there's something that happened with social media where the selfie, right, comes about storying, talking to the camera that I have so many clients who are like, they it, it like pains them to think yeah. about seeing themselves on a video or hearing their own voice. Did you go through any of that? Yeah, you know,
1: I did. And I probably... <sighs> How, how old was I? I'm trying to think. I was 21 when I got a job at my first market and it was like two weeks out of college. So, um, I was really naive and then I looked awkward and I was trying to dress older and I was trying to get people to take me seriously. And I would just dye my hair dark brown. Cause I was like, well, you can't be the blonde bimbo if you're not blonde. So I did a lot of weird things, but, um, I got to a point where I'm very comfortable with like, you know, admitting to like Botox and fillers. And if you if there's a plastic surgery that makes you feel better, great, do it. You're an adult. Mm-hmm. If there's a boat your wrinkle, great, do it. You're an adult. Um I will say not every and I don't think there's any person out there who looks at themselves on any of their work and is like, oh, you know what? I'm so hot. You know, you're always like, oh, my yeah. lip looks weird or my hair is burning. So it's okay to be critical. And I have absolutely had moments where I've been critical of myself a lot.
0: Mm. But
1: I either, you know, it's either Get, it's either getting to a point of acceptance, or like, okay, well then I'll finally go and make the appointment and like get rid of my yeah. giant, massive forehead wrinkle. I'm okay with whatever people want to do to make themselves feel better, and I never uh, come from a place of judgment on that. There are people that um, feel they need to do things to feel good inside, and I think it's important to to do that then. Mm-hmm. But it's really challenging because, especially after having three kids and seeing your body change, and Certain ways you you either have to come to a point of acceptance or decide to change it. And I'm like, you know, I was just talking about like, it's just like getting super TMI. Tell me if you can cut this if it's inappropriate. All the things. (laughs) You're welcome. Like, you know, we were laughing with my friends about my boobs. I'm like, oh my god, they're just like not in the same place. And they're like, well, you either can get them fixed or you don't. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should just yeah. And I brought three babies into the world, so I'm okay Mm
0: -hmm.
1: with showing up how I am, given what I got in return. So. And Mm -hmm. that's not a moral high ground thing. You know, people decide to change things about the way they look all the time, but it's what you're comfortable with. And it's Mm -hmm. how you want to show up in the world. And just like there was someone, I didn't want to take the opportunity to be in a bikini to better my career. There was someone who did end up taking that. And she actually went on to have a great career and that's good for her because that felt right to her. And she Mm -hmm. looked at herself and was okay with that. Mm -hmm. I look at myself and I'm, okay with where I am not because I think I'm great but because I've earned who I am I've earned the right to change it and I've earned the right to keep it and I love having that that's a powerful position to be in Mm. I
0: don't
1: I don't judge people for doing a change but I also don't judge them if they don't want to
0: you know yeah so so powerful and I really get that from your your page like uh, you know, we can pull up people's Instagram pages and be like, okay, this is like what they stand for, or this is what their hobbies are, and cool. And then you meet them and they're like totally different, or whatever. But there was, I, I don't remember what the product was, but you were kind of like dancing and you had like a product and you just, you were so embodied. And that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast is really being in your body and embodying what you stand for versus kind of being up here in your head, self analyzing, yeah. being critical, uncomfortable in who you are. And I think, um, to the point of that question who am i what you what you just explained of like well you can accept it or change it because that's who you are regardless of 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 both i love that that's perfect that's a perfect way to say it. yeah
1: that's who i am regardless and You know, I'm no better or worse, no matter the decision I make and nor is anyone else, but it is, it goes back to what you said about intuition. It's knowing who I am as a person. I'm not a person comfortable with certain things. And I am a person who's comfortable with other things. And Mm. my best friend could be totally flip-flopped, you know, and that's great. It's just, Mm. it's knowing who you are and, and Mm. rolling with it. Right. Mm. That could, that could be a different person tomorrow, but right now, this is my truth. And this
0: is who I am. Well, I love that you embody that so much. And um, I want people to follow you and find you and listen to your show. And I'm going to be a subscriber myself because uh, all the topics you mentioned, I'm like, okay, I need to tune in. Uh, (laughs) So, where can they find you? And also, what are you excited about? They're going to be hearing this beginning of May. So, what's coming up for you this summer that you're excited about? And where can they access it? I have a little
1: content calendar here. Uh, (laughs) But I can tell you, you can find me on Instagram at funny abatta s-o-n-n-i-a-b-a-t-t-a blame my parents for the complicated spelling um <laughs> i'm named after my dad so oh um, that was this was before weird names were cool though in the 80s they were like why do you why did you give your daughter a boy name and like, because i wanted you anyway it's really cute now it wasn't cute back then um ooh, yeah so i guess by the time this comes out um we're gonna be we're just having covered the topic of human design, which is like a really good concept. Human design.
0: Yes. We talk about that on the show.
1: Oh, you do? Oh my gosh, it's new to me. And I'm purposely trying to stay ignorant so that when I do it, you know, I can
0: learn with Do you know yours?
1: I did
0: like a rudimentary online. I think I'm a manifestor. And oh that does not surprise me. Really? Okay. I was gonna guess manifestor or projector. They're they're similar but um but different. So
1: I think it's manifestor.
0: And I remember the lady saying,
1: You make a lot of people feel very uncomfortable.
0: Does that ring true? And I was like, Yes, <laughs> <do."> <laughs> actually. it does. Thank
1: you, Brenda. Um, no, oh, that's so- exciting
0: though for the listeners yeah. because we talk about that. So human yeah, design. so that's in
1: April, human design. We're doing a little week on kids in tech and um we're doing a week on knowing your worth in early May.
0: So people can come back
1: for that. Yeah, we're gonna talk to people, um, an expert on negotiating and kind of adjacent to what we discussed today is understanding what you bring, what value you bring to a relationship or a work Mm -hmm. project and sitting in that. So I'm really excited about that week, but really it's, it's like, it's every week is kind of change it up a little.
0: Beautiful. Well, I'm so glad we got to meet, connect and learn all about Mm -hmm. you, your show. We'll link everything in the show notes. And I just really appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me and best of luck Thank with you. everything. Motherhood, I'm so excited for you. Please reach out if you have any questions on diapers. Now I'm sure that's all changed <laughs> three years down the line, but um, you're going to be great. I'm excited for you. What like a fun time. Wait, you're just going to like on the trip to the hospital, I just have to say this, like relish that drive. Like that's when I die, I will think of the drive to the hospital to meet my children. It is
0: the most oh. like,
1: powerful moment. You're like getting ready to meet a new human being. It's just so mm. gorgeous. I'm excited for you. Thank
0: you. I so appreciate that.